0: on TV, online, and on demand in MP4 format encoded at 48,000 hertz, this is EPT Not Live.
1: Hello, my baby, Staves here. This is EPT Not Live. And oh my god, I'm doing a podcast again. At least I'm not
0: doing it alone. James Hardigan, hello, my friend. This is going to be a really weird experience that takes a lot of getting used to. Because I'm used to a situation where I am the organ grinder, you are the monkey that dances for pennies. Yeah. But now you've taken hold of my instrument, and I'm worried about what's going to come out of it.
1: I promise to be very gentle with your instrument. I'm probably going to uh, do not a very good job grinding the organ, and I assume you'll just refuse to be the monkey. So this should be a very interesting dynamic. Speaking of interesting dynamics, what,
0: what is this show? What are we doing? Well, I mean, you wrote the little blurb for iTunes, right? And I think you described it as the show behind the show, inside the show, between the show. It's everything. I think ultimately it's to fill the void between live events. That's perfect because people use that to
1: describe things you know, on the internet now. This is everything. This show is everything. It's mostly, yeah, it's going to be a, a sort of a behind the scenes, an inside the scenes, a between the scenes, little filler for you
0: guys. It came from fan demand. People clearly enjoy having us coming out of their computer speakers when we're at a live event and they miss us when we're not there. So the idea is to provide them with some audio entertainment. Sorry you can't actually watch people playing poker while we're speaking this time around, but at least you get to listen to lots of irreverent and sometimes irrelevant chatter.
1: Right, and when James says fan demand, he means fan singular, like one fan asked for
0: this. Absolutely, (laughs) yes, but it's a fan with a lot of influence who managed to convince the Fat Cat to release some funds. You can thank that fan. And by the way, no poker talk on this show. There's
1: going to be very little poker talk on here. We want to talk about the interesting things that happen that you guys maybe don't get to see, maybe don't get to hear. The show's going to be mostly uncensored.
0: Emphasis on the word mostly.
1: Yeah, now I have been told I can use the F-bomb. I'm not going to do it in the first five minutes because I feel like that's just a a way to get sent back to do this show all over again if I do it in the <laughs> in the first five minutes. No Holds Barred. Although I do, I prefer No no Holds Barred.
0: Is it actually No Holds Barred? No. I always thought, I thought it was No Holds Barred.
1: No, well, I like where your head's
0: at, but now it's a wrestling thing, like No Holds Barred. Like, oh, because... you know, Like an arm bar or a choke oh, that hold. Is, that makes sure that I'm not a wrestling fan, but it makes a lot of sense, but... No holes barred would be good for this because in Pokey you have hole cards. Right. And so when are we having the hole card cameras on this show? Are we going to get those right away? or um, We're working on it. I could give a long detailed explanation about why, <laughs> because of the integrity of the game, we can't have hole cards right now, but I, I'm bored of it. Well, uh, I guess it's time to get to what's coming up on today's show. Yes. Hold on. We're
1: still working on things here. Yes. Coming up on today's show... We're going to talk PCA, that's the Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure, Tito Ortiz was at the PCA, we'll have him on briefly, that's right, we're not just faking it, I was on a tear dating wise, last night's TV show, we're going to talk about that a little bit, social media response to that, and it was the Barcelona bubble show, which was a very unique bubble. So we're also going to have second guest, not nearly as big a name, but near and dear to our hearts, Neil Johnson, the whole Pope.
0: When anything controversial happens on the tour, we always have to activate the whole Pope. And this is one of those occasions.
1: I mean, he was activated wicked hard for the Barcelona bubble. So we'll talk to him later in the show when we cover that. And uh, every segment we do is going to be called a brand new segment. Because it's a brand new show. Correct. Brand new segment this week. Superfan versus Stapes. I'm very excited about this. Where we are going to give uh, a superfan of EPT Live the chance to compete against me in some EPT trivia. And
0: we've got great prizes up for grabs, by the way. We have these exclusive, everyone loves a chop Pot t shirts I say exclusive, but very soon they're going to be available in the VIP store for FPPs. But let's look past that. But we're also going to be giving people a chance to get to an actual EPT. That's right. We're going to set you on your way. We're going to set you on your first step or two
1: to an EPT event if you can beat me in superfan versus Stapes. But I did mention during that lovely coming up segment that we have a big star on the show today. He was at the PCA. He's on the phone with us right now. Let's welcome to the show Tito Ortiz. Tito, how's it going, buddy?
2: Good man, how are you?
1: Good, thanks. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I realize it's early in the morning in California. Is this typically what time you get up, or is this? Uh, you yeah, just, kind of- uh,
2: just my kids are getting to school, so uh, got to get them ready to get to school and then um, start training probably in about two and a half hours.
1: Okay, well that's uh, that. That leads to my first question. So you're still like a daily trainer?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll be getting ready for uh, a title fight here uh, in the middle of June. It looks like. Uh, February 27th on Spike TV. Um, the light heavyweight title will uh, be up for grabs between um, Emmanuel Newton and uh, Liam McGrary, a guy actually from um, England. And uh, they'll be fighting on Spike for the light heavyweight title, and I'll get the winner. So I'm just uh, doing a little pre-camp getting ready, and uh, I'll be fighting in June for the world title.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. When's the last time you fought?
2: Uh, I fought actually November 15th. Uh, 17th of the uh last year
1: okay cool so uh you're just in the middle of full training was it uh did it interrupt your training to have to go to the pca for a couple of weeks
2: um no i actually um uh, my fight was already over like say i fought in june or excuse me in november so i was uh able to have my fight over with and enjoy the vacation uh going to the bca and uh, christmas and new year's and everything so i was able to enjoy the holidays
1: what did you think about the PCA? Did you get to enjoy any of the stuff on the premises, water, slides, beach, that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, I, I've been there before. Uh, it's it's amazing there. It's, it's it's awesome there. I mean, that's a, a destination everybody's ever traveled the world. To travel for vacation is uh, the Bahamas, for sure, at uh, Atlantis. But the PCA was amazing, you know, to play in a, a big uh, tournament like that. I've never played a big tournament like that. I kind of was overwhelmed a little bit, and um, I got to be able to play up to, about well, eight hours I was probably about 20 minutes short of uh, playing one day um, I'm, I'm a big poker player or excuse me I'm a big uh, blackjack player I'm still learning the poker game so I'm always very competitive and I want to win every single hand and I kind of realize you can't do that with poker yeah poker um,
1: takes a long time to learn I, I you're obviously a brave fella to do the thing that you the things that you've done in your life do you get nervous when you play poker because I get this thing called poker stomach where basically I just have to poop like <laughs> 500 times before I start playing did you get nervous at all?
2: Um, i not nervous. I think uh, a little bit a little bit anxiety, you know, I I get a a Little butterflies in my stomach Um, But I think that's why I play, you know, Uh, that's when I started playing blackjack the same thing Uh, But you know, I I think chips compared to real money is a little bit different But still the same thing when you're sitting in the main event and you want to win the whole thing You got to play slow, you know, you got to make sure you play the right hands the right way I know I'd do that. I just got to play a little slower. I play too fast. I play to win. I play for the uh, instant gratification of winning now. And I, I'm learning, though. You know, it's a process uh, and it's, it's, it's a learn prospect where I got to just make sure I learn the right things at the right time. And, you know, I try to learn for some of the pros and um, try to make the, the right things happen. Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, I mean, we go to play, right? So you don't want to just sit there folding the whole time, but sometimes that's yeah. what the game requires. You said you get butterflies a little bit. Will the butterflies be more when you sit down and play poker or when you go do this next fight?
2: It depends how much uh, the pot is. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a big pot, and yeah, of course I get butterflies. And I know I got a good hand. and I'm like, I don't want to push all in at the same time. You know, I kind of want to slow play a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I get butterflies when I fight, though. You know, I think there's more anxiety than anything. But uh, once it... Uh, it's fight time my body's in cruise control you know i train so hard for the fight in general that uh i know what i need to do i just put my body in cruise control and i compete
1: uh well yeah i wish it was that easy for the rest of us you also played in uh, shark cage while you were there and i don't want to give away too many spoilers but i can tell everyone that you ended up in the cage that's kind of ironic right
2: yeah no I, go figure uh it was cool It was fun it was a great experience uh the people i got to play with um but being in the cage you know i I made one mistake, and as I say, I, I learned the whole time I was there, I was there for the whole uh, eight days, and I learned a lot about poker, you know, I learned a lot about my hands, I learned a lot about the people I played against, uh, so it was a big learning experience completely for me, you know, I'm very thankful poker uh, PokerStars uh, for helping me out and and giving this opportunity to play, um, uh, it's making me more interested into the poker game, I really, really like it, and it's fun, and uh, it's very competitive.
1: And you also ran some kind of fitness thing on the beach there, right? You had, like, a train with Tito or something?
2: Yeah, we did. We did a little small thing on the beach, uh, and some of the pros came out. Um, and, you know, and a lot of the, the family from the pros came out, and they got to go work out. We did, a, you know, a simple, quick 15-minute workout um, for the average person. It's not simple, and it's not quick. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> gruesome. Uh, it's, not, it's really it's like kind of like a warm-up for uh, me and you know some of the fighters that uh, I train with, uh, but it, it was fun. It's I mean you're on the beach and the water's blue as hell, and uh, and you know the sand is white as can be, and it's just uh, a beautiful scenery. But at the same time, they got to be able to get pushed and. You know, like I said, it was only 15 minutes. It was it was a quick little warm up, but a lot of more dying. They're like, God, my legs! I can't really walk. I mean, <laughs> went to the Poker Star party the the night, the next night, and they were like, God, my legs are so sore! I could barely walk, barely sit down. I'm like, that was only 15 minutes. Can you imagine if you guys had to do it for uh, eight hours a day, six days a week?
1: Well, I know and you got to. Kind of- You got a big two and a half hour training session coming up. So there's one thing I'm super curious about before we cut you loose, Tito. Um, Do you have any couch potato hobbies? Do you play video games? Do you ever binge watch House of Cards, anything like that?
2: Um, I do play video games. Um, Of course, uh, Modern Warfare, um, Advanced (laughs) Warfare. Um, I play that a lot. Um, I think that's one of the games I really play. I got to watch myself because, you know, I have twin boys who are five, going to be six, and they're really into games and, I got to kind of keep the violence down with the video games because that thing can be violent where they start Reenacting stabbing each other with uh, fake knives (laughs) and I got to make sure that doesn't happen. So but um, you know, I'm a big fisherman I love to fish Uh, But uh, you know video games fishing and training and taking care of uh, twin boys is uh, my life.
1: All right, fantastic I just have one last sort of personal question for you. It's that you brought your your agent Tracy with you to the Bahamas. And that's, I mean, she's a very attractive woman. That's like bringing a cheeseburger to Somalia. Is she in fact single?
2: Um, yes, she is. Oh, I, I wish I would known that then. Yeah. No, I brought my beautiful girlfriend Amber too. And, um,
1: well, I knew better than to bring her up.
2: I, I, I wasn't going to do that. I would calling sand to the beach. I would say calling <laughs> bringing diamonds to the beach. Um, and that's just the way I roll. So, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, you know, the Bahamas are beautiful and everything, but I'd love to bring more, something more beautiful as my girlfriend. and. No, yeah, Tracy is a beautiful woman herself, and you know, had two stunning women with me the whole time there. It's amazing.
1: Okay, fantastic, Tito. I'm gonna cut you loose, but put in the good word for me. Is that okay? Can you do that? Oh, uh,
2: I got your back for sure.
1: Thanks, man. All right, good
0: luck in the fight. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it, man. All, All right, see you day. next time. You are unbelievable, <laughs> and as if you could have handled any more on your plate in the Bahamas.
1: That is true. I was a very busy boy in the in the Bahamas. Let's uh, let's do a Bahamas event recap. Yes.
0: Event Recap. Event Recap. Ah, I can taste the Bahama Mamas and feel the sun burning my pale Irish skin.
1: I can taste the Bahama Mamas too, and I'm not even talking about the drink. I, uh, I did really well in the Bahamas, single-wise. I don't know how much detail I want to get into, but uh, my first night in the Bahamas, I met dancers. Two dancers that were there for uh, New Year's Eve festivities. They had nothing to do with poker. It was great. This was the great thing about getting to the Bahamas, before all the poker players did.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we both arrived on New Year's Day. I think you arrived in the afternoon, I arrived in the evening, and here I am expecting to come down to the bar and have a drink and a chat with my friend who I haven't seen over Christmas or New Year, but no, he's over the other side of the room already working on these two girls. Well, the thing is, I know that I have to get started
1: before all poker shows up, right? Like, Atlantis is not the great place to meet single women because, let's be honest, a lot of single girls aren't going to Atlantis on holiday, okay? They're going that They're point. going backpacking to Paris. You know, they're doing stuff that's more affordable for single girls. So the women that are usually in the Bahamas tend to be wives and daughters and hookers. And so the these particular girls were there working. They were there uh, as dancers uh, for the New Year's Eve festivities. And so luckily we are there before all the poker players. And so I had to strike while the iron was hot, James. And um, the iron was very hot. Now, I'll say this. I wasn't particularly successful <laughs> with any of these girls. Not that night. Not that night I wasn't. But it was fun just to hang with a couple dancers. And I was able to actually get introduced to all their, like, dancer friends. So there was, like, a fire breather and an acrobat and a girl that, like, does blades. Like, um,
0: the only thing I can compare it to remember, do you ever watch Star Trek The Next Generation? No. Can I... Possibly go down a different route. Was it anything like Octopussy Circus from the 1983 James Bond film Octopussy?
1: Yes. Ah. Oh, I'm just going to say yes. There was this blade that Wharf, Lieutenant Wharf, the Klingon, used to handle on, on Star Trek. And this girl was like, had a pair of these. Regardless, I did end up going up to someone's room, but there was like a huge group of them there flying the next day. So I kind of got bad beat with like the 7 a.m. flight time. So, but that was a good warm up for me. And then what happened was, because there were no poker players around then we got our tinder
0: game going okay now i i need to clarify this whole tinder thing i'm sure there are a few people listening who haven't heard of this sure i remember giving you a lot of grief about 18 months two years ago about okcupid which is the dating site you were using at that time and i said joe seriously is this about meeting women for a relationship or is this about finding someone to shag right And you gave a very robust defense of OKCupid. So I kind of backed off. I thought, OK, maybe you can find love on OKCupid. You cannot make the same defense of Tinder. Tinder surely is just about finding someone to sleep with that night. I mean, certainly that's one aspect
1: of it. People do get together off Tinder. There's a guy named Chris Day a poker player who's been with his girlfriend for like a year or something. They met on Tinder. Um, really? Yes. The problem is that for men, Tinder is absolutely finding someone to sleep with. But for women, there aren't a lot of women that really need a Tinder for that. And there aren't a lot of women that would admit to using Tinder for that. So you have to like put on these airs most of the time of like looking for a relationship. But when you're in a, in a vacation setting, there's really no, you know, no one's like, Pretending that it's supposed to go anywhere
0: else. Exactly. And sorry, old git alert. I mean, this has reduced social interaction, human relationships, to making a snap judgment on someone's visual image on a screen and deciding in a fraction of a second whether you want to sleep with or not sleep with. Oh, it's terrible. Honestly,
1: it's terrible. It, it turns you into such like a like a mean bastard. Like you just look at and you're like, oh, like you actually <laughs> physically make that noise. Of, and then I'm like, who am I? Who am I to say, ugh, oh, to another human being? Granted, they're probably saying the same thing about me. But the way I look at Tinder, it's like this. Tinder has done to dating what the microwave has done to cuisine. Right. It's faster, but it's fucking shit, and it's probably going to give you cancer.
0: <laughs> but you still do it. I still and you, do it. you were doing it at Atlantis. And I was doing
1: it in Atlantis, and I, I met a, a lovely girl at Atlantis um, who... Uh, who invited me out, and she was, like, sort of a local. She wasn't uh, a Bahamian local, but she was, like, from Miami, and her dad had grown up, was a doctor, so she spent a lot of time back and forth to the island.
0: Sounds like she's got money. This is going well. Exactly.
1: Well, at least her old man had money. And um, I ended up meeting some of her friends because that's all the locals do is they go to Atlantis, like the white locals, at least. Y'all hang out at Atlantis. And so uh, I met this guy, and I ended up getting in a huge fight with her
0: friend, this giant... I thought this whole section was meant to be your anecdotes of dating success. So far, we've had dancers that you didn't score with. Yeah. And now we've got the Tinder girl who's introduced you to friends you've got into a fight with. Yes,
1: and I didn't end up sleeping with her either because I didn't didn't, um, bring any protection to her room with me, and so kind of limited where things oh, can go. Sounds
0: like you needed protection from a friend. What sparked this argument? This guy starts talking to me asking me where I
1: live. I say London. He says I'm from London. He does not have an English accent. Now I know there's a lot of English accents, but I know the difference at this point between an English accent and not. And he's like, he acts confused. Of course I have an English accent. Few minutes later, it comes out that he's actually Albanian and lives in England. I'm like, "Well, oh, well, that's what I was talking about." He's like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." I have an Okay, sir. So then he says, I live in Hornchurch. Have you ever been to Hornchurch? You I went, have. Yes, I've been to Hornchurch. And Hornchurch is where one of my favorite pub experiences uh, ever took place. Matt Broughton, the other host of EBT Live, uh, t- invited me to Hornchurch, is where he lived. And he said, Look, we went in this pub, and he goes, Look, I know that you're American and you're going to want to tip here. Please don't tip in this bar. You're only going to confuse the bartender. You don't tip in a local pub. It's just not. Not the thing. But that sounds so ridiculous to me. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like you don't you don't heed the warning, right? It's like you can never meet your you can never meet your future self, Marty. Like, you just don't get it, right? And so I leave uh I order my drink and I leave a pound on the bar and the bartender doesn't pick it up. And I'm like, you know what I don't want to make a big deal about it. So I go and sit at the table. And like twenty minutes later, the bartender still hasn't noticed it. She comes shuffling out of the kitchen and she looks down and picks up this pound and she goes, Who left their pound on this bar? (laughs) Who left it? Who left this pound on the bar? And she's really so he's right. She's really confused. But then I don't say anything because I haven't even had a chance to speak up. Two other people try to claim it. (laughs) Two other cheap fucks are like, that's my pound. This story sounds very hornchurch. Right. And so I tell this story, and the guy goes to me, That story's fucking bullshit. That is bullshit. That never happened.
0: You're a liar. You are a liar. And I was like, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. This is the point where you need... And he was in the Caribbean. He was staying at Atlantis. You need to wheel out Matt Broughton as a character witness. As yeah, an eyewitness to this the action. But this
1: guy wouldn't have bought it. This guy was crazy. This guy was out of his mind. And then he starts... He just goes on this tirade. People say... I'm going to move away from the microphone. People say Brits are bad tippers. The English are the best tippers in the world. They're the best tippers in the world. And i fuck anybody up who says otherwise. And I'm just like... Well, in my experience... The British aren't the best tippers in the world, and, I, and I'm and i a big fan of British people.
0: I'm going to speak as an Englishman. We are <laughs> misers. We don't like tipping. You're tight. Yeah. You're very
1: tight. So anyway, I almost get in a fight with this guy, but luckily that meant that we were going to go back to her room. That was the worst whistle ever. Back to her room. Uh, like I said, not much happened there. Uh, the next night, I meet two girls who are, like, uh, absconding from their yoga retreat, and um, Now, this is not Tinder. This This sounds
0: like a really bad Britney Spears movie. Two young friends who abscond from their yoga retreat. That's right.
1: There's supposed to be, like, no alcohol, no meat, and the two of them had, like, snuck off the reservation to come have, like, a burger at Bimini Road in Atlantis. And so I met uh, the two of them, and uh, luckily we had wingman Jimmy who was sort of a... There was a We Gotta Go girl in the group. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, when you meet a group of girls. I know you've been out of the dating game for a while, but when you meet many, girls,
0: many years,
1: there's always one girl. That's always like, we got to go. Like we're not supposed to be here. We got to go. And there was a, we got to go girl. Jimmy distracted the We got to
0: go girl. Now let, we need to set the scene here. Yeah. Cause Jimmy bags. I mean, we could do an entire show. He's legendary. About yeah. Jimmy bag stories. This guy. Is- yeah. He gets more ass than a proctologist basically.
1: Um, yeah. So he's, he's very good at what he does. Help me out. Distracted. We got to go girl. Uh, Again, I bring, this time I bring someone back to my room. Once again, do not close. Do not close. I have this weird thing that I'm just like, nah, it's cool. We can just hang out. It's fine. Like, I'm not, I don't have that, I don't have that killer instinct anymore. I'm just,
0: ha- I can't as You've gone a soft, Joe. Yeah. You've gone soft.
1: Literally and figuratively. It's amazing. Like at 13 years old, I had to fa- hide the fact that I'm constantly getting erections. At 33 years old, I have to hide the fact that I can't get them. You know, after like nine <laughs> drinks, it's just not happening anymore. And then this was the morning, James. Do you remember the morning that I walked into makeup wheeling my entire luggage
0: bag? Yes. Our lovely makeup artist, Alicia, we normally go to her hotel room because sometimes we have an early call time. Yeah. Uh, not looking for pity points here, but it was, you know, like 7.30 a.m., and I arrive for makeup. You turn up with your entire luggage. Now, the reason for
1: this is because I left that girl sleeping in my room. And for Christmas, I had gotten a brand new Xbox One, and it was still in my luggage. Like, I hadn't brought it home yet. And I just didn't want to leave an Xbox One on wheels in my room with a girl <laughs> that I had known for, like, four and a half hours. So I ended up having to uh, to keep the bag in Alicia's room, which leads to the final time I didn't get to have sex in the Bahamas <laughs> because I actually managed to meet up with one other girl who I will, uh, I will let you... I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a second, but I didn't end up getting to have sex with her if it was on the table because all of my condoms were in the bag that I dragged into Alicia's room. So the one other time I had an opportunity on this trip to potentially have
0: sex, I couldn't because all of my... Things were locked up in Alicia's room. I have a vision of you being stopped at customs somewhere in the world, and this guy opening your bags and says, well, sir, all you have is an Xbox One and, like, 28 condoms. It's happened.
1: I mean, not with the Xbox One. I've definitely had them go through my bag before. I had this old lady one time. She's like, look, uh, you know what it was that set him off, set off the, the thing? Poker chips. Oh, poker chips are the worst. Yeah, so she had to go digging around in my bag, and it's like condom, Tic Tacs, Panaca, condom like it was just really embarrassing i
0: don't know what it is about this poker chips when you have them in stacks and they look like cylinders clearly they like set off all manner of alarms
1: it's the density of them i think it does uh it does some weird things and so uh this one last uh opportunity that i had i'll i'll tease a little bit i can't say too much but i did i ended up matching on tinder with a girl who was very attractive and we had like a great rapport immediately and i was like oh this is really cool this is fun Um, I was already like kind of into it mentally. And eventually she goes, full disclosure, I am so-and-so's sister. And the so-and-so was a poker player. A poker player. Yeah. A fairly well-known poker player. And I was just like, oh my God, like my stomach immediately flip-flopped. I got kind of, I was like, oh geez, what do I do now? And, uh, apparently he gave us the blessing. He basically said, she's here, she's here for three days. How much damage can you do? And obviously he, he doesn't, doesn't know you does that not well, know does he? Me. No, no, absolutely not.
0: Physical and emotional.
1: Yes. Um, and I will say that I won't say what exactly happened or didn't happen with this particular person, but I had an excellent time with her. We had a great time and we still talk to this day. I think I sent her a picture of my penis recently.
0: Thank Thanks. you for that revelation. One other thing I think we should talk about from the PCA and the reason why there's only one other thing because it was back in January and it's already March and I've forgotten most of what happened while we were in the Bahamas. Um, you packed an Xbox to the Bahamas. I did, yes. But you didn't actually bring most of the articles <laughs> that you needed in your suitcase to do the job for which you are paid. I did not.
1: I'm just going to try to work in some sound effects now that I'm kind of falling into things here. No, I am. Um, okay, so I guess to take things back a little bit, I ended up the night before... Now, I was on a very long trip at that point, right? Like, we, we went to Prague, EPT Prague, in December. We had two days. You're going to get no sympathy from anyone, especially me. Look, we had two days, and then we, I immediately left to go to New York City, then home for Christmas, then to the Bahamas, right? right? So it was like, bing, 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 bing. The night before I left for Christmas, I had a date. That date ended up going until about 5 in the morning. I had to leave for my flight at 6. So I took a
0: cab home had the cab wait outside, packed, and jumped in the cab. Your definition of packing and my definition of packing are probably very, very different things. You threw stuff into a suitcase, I put basically. stuff into a suitcase, yes. And so what ended up happening was I
1: brought the wrong suit jacket, which was so embarrassing because we got uh, the boss of the show to spring for a new jacket for me in and, and- when was it? In, In London. London. One that fits. One that fits, yeah, because it doesn't it looks like I'm wearing my dad's suits now. So I have this brand new suit jacket, forgot to bring it, brought the old suit jacket, which looks terrible at this point. And then I um I grabbed two shoes, but I grabbed one shoe
0: from one pair of shoes and one shoe from a different pair of shoes. I mean, were they at least similar pairs of shoes? Could you have gotten away with people thinking they were a complete unit? Not only were they not similar
1: pairs of shoes, but I grabbed two left feet, so I couldn't even wear them both at the same time. So for the entirety of our links in the Bahamas, if you guys watch carefully when those shows air, I will be wearing James's suit jacket, when I borrowed from James, and uh, our producer John's shoes, because I am an idiot. And I, I, I feel so stupid, right? It's kind of like the old, you had one job. Like, my one job is, like, to show up and have my clothes. Like, that's pretty much it.
0: And yet, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I remind you that he successfully brought an Xbox One to the Bahamas. I did, but I did not have any time to play it, unfortunately. By the way, the Bahamas TV shows that Joe mentions will appear, youtube.com slash PokerStars, in the summer, probably in kind of June, July, August time. So the PCA happened in January. We then went on to Deauville in February, i we're going to talk about that event next week. The next leg of the European Poker Tour is Malta, and it's a new one. Let's go into the lobby, James. Oh, yeah, because for the first time ever, the European Poker Tour is going to the island of Malta with the biggest festival we have ever seen on the tour with, count them, 69 (laughs) events. (laughs) Ha-ha, yeah. Including the main event, And what we want to do in our Let's Go Into The Lobby segment is tell you how you could get into that main event for a fraction of the buy-in. Because we're talking about a €5,000 tournament here. That's a lot of dimp. But there are regular satellites running on PokerStars which could see you playing that main event for a fraction of that cost. So we're talking about the PokerStars lobby. We are indeed, and I think it's important to point out that now that PokerStars 6 is a thing of the past, it's been consigned to the poker graveyard. We're now all up to speed on PS7, hopefully, but I'm going to guide you through how you can find satellites for EPT Malta. I'll tell you how I do it. I mean, there is that live events tab where you get that world map, but personally, I just prefer to go into all tournaments and search Malta. That's where I'm at. Tournaments, satellite, Malta. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Now, coming up this Sunday, the 8th of March, at 5 past 7 in the evening, and my tournament clock is, by the way, set to Central European time, so that's 7.05 p.m., CET. There is an EPT Malta satellite which is awarding 10 packages guaranteed. There will be at least 10 packages given out to the EPT Malta main event. Now, the satellite costs 530 euros. And again, if you're thinking, that's that's, that's a lot of money. Again, there are satellites available to the satellite. All right,
1: let me check this out then. So it's 530. So if that's a little too rich for my blood... Yeah, if you, you, can...
0: if you click on the thing where it says satellites available, yep. you can see that you could get into this for as little as €4.40. There's also an €11 Euro satellite running on Sunday. There are €55 Euro satellites running, €22. Euros. All throughout Sunday afternoon, there are satellites into this satellite. Here's the way I would
1: do this, Reddy, and, and I'm no expert on this, but the way I do, would do it is this. You see, we got the €530 Euro satellite. Yeah. There's an €82 Euro satellite into that. But into that there's an 11 euro satellite. So that's probably where I would start. I like to start around the $11, 11 euro range because it's enough money to be significant and when you win, you know, you can kind of move up the steps a little bit like that. So I would go 1182 530. That would be my path to Malta.
0: Whichever path you choose to take, and I think it's also important to point out the steps path, and we'll that will be relevant later on when we have our Supervan versus Stapes contest. But yeah, we would love to see you in Malta because we're going to be there for the final week of March. I'm pretty sure the main event starts on Sunday the 22nd of March, two day ones as usual. Um, I think this is going to be a really big festival and potentially a really big main event. I think we're going to be looking at close to a four-figure field again.
1: Uh, I also wanted to mention that... Uh, Maybe you're not going to Malta. Maybe you like to play home, right? Maybe you like to just uh, play online poker your thing. Yep. You don't have the time to go to Malta. We've got a big Sunday Million ninth anniversary coming up. Basically, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be like a week away. It's the 15th of March. $9 million guaranteed. I'm going to play in that. And I'm probably going to try to satellite my way in as well. I I was going to
0: say dead money a lot, but then I remembered your amazing track record in the Sunday Million. My
1: amazing track record in the Sunday Million is less amazing now. I think I was, like, three for five in caches or three for four for a while, and now I'm, like, three for six or seven. Um, But, hey, we can uh, can add to it in a couple of Sundays. And I like this $11 Turbo satellite, Um, and there's all kinds of satellites. Same thing, guys. If you... uh, just click, right when you log into the client, it says uh, qualify for $1 now. It's like a, a big ad right there. And I would click on that because there's all kinds of ways to settle it your way in. But uh, come play the Sunday Million with me two weeks from now, or or basically let's just stick with the date, March 15th. And uh, if I interact with any of you guys on the, uh, on the tables, we'll talk about it here on the show.
0: Obviously, that's a special Sunday Million, $9 million guarantee. But remember, the Sunday Million runs every single Sunday on PokerStars. And also, every Sunday is a super Sunday when it comes to EPT main event satellites as well. Joe, I think it's important at this point to remind everyone that we kind of live in two time zones. Right. That We obviously have the events we've just been at. We talked about the PCA. Next week is Deauville. But we also have to step into our DeLorean and go back in time when we're doing our TV shows, which have fallen a little bit behind. I mean, we were in Barcelona, what, August 2014? And these shows are only just now going out on TV in March 2015. What's that, seven months? That is a, that is almost a full-term pregnancy. So now we are going to get into that DeLorean. We're going to go back in time. We're going to relive Barcelona, just as many of you are, because the shows are currently airing on Channel 4 in the UK. You can also watch them at youtube.com slash PokerStars. And last night was a doozy. The second episode of the main event, day three of the EPT 100 main event, a spectacularly bizarre Barcelona bubble.
3: TV recap.
0: Do you remember last year, Joe? I think it was the... uh, You're going to have to be more specific. (laughs) EPT-10, Barcelona, the big anniversary tournament, and we had a bubble where a guy was literally blinded out on the pure bubble because he hadn't showed up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do remember that, and I remember when that first started happening, right? We were like, oh, man, this guy's not going to show up. He's going to get blinded out, and I wanted to make a lot of jokes about, like, oh, why wouldn't a guy show up for this? Why wouldn't he show up? And then all of a sudden I was like, Wait, maybe he died like that's like probably you know the the number one reason why someone would not show up for bubble day yeah. is either they got sick or they died or they got arrested so i like i was like <gasps> we can't jo- we can't joke about this it's something we we reined in very quickly we can say the story had a relatively happy ending now we can't say for sure but we did hear that he just had kind of a wild night what i believe some people will refer to as a bender Yeah, a bit of a bender bit of a bender. He was fine. He chose not to come in the next day. You know, it's like I've made this I made this joke on the day I made it on the TV show. uh, But I honestly can't think of any reason why I can't think of many reasons why I would not show up for Bubble Day. But all of them involve twins. (laughs) So let's hope that that's what was going on with this guy. But this year,
0: somehow, we had a more bizarre bubble this year than last year when the guy didn't show up. Exactly. We keep harping back to the the EPT10 thinking, well, you know, it can't possibly be anything like that. And no, we outdid ourselves at the 100th European Poker Tour main event, Um, a situation where on the pure bubble, so with 240 players remaining, we had seven all-ins... Across six tables with five players eliminated, and what made this a particularly weird situation is that there was meant to be a consolation prize for the bubble boy. We never have bubble
1: prizes, right? It's very rare. I think we've had a bubble prize in my tenure here like two or yeah. three
0: times. It's it's normally uh, it is a novelty, but this time because we'd teamed up with the Seminole Hard Rock in Florida. <laughs> We had a guitar, a special guitar from the Seminole Hard Rock. And we also had a ticket to that event, which was a $5,000 buy. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is whoever went out in the bubble would win that consolation prize. But now suddenly we've got five people out in effectively the same hand because we're hand for hand at this point. So what do you do, right? Because you've got effectively four people who should min cash and one person who should get a tournament ticket and a guitar. Right. Who gets what is the question?
1: I mean, I can't even think about it. I would need like a paper and pen just to even start.
0: And that's why we employ people like tournament director Toby Stone and our head of live poker operations, for Stars Europe, Neil Johnson, to figure this kind of stuff out. So now would be a good time to activate the whole Pope and get an explanation from the man himself. <laughs>
1: Neil Johnson, the whole Pope. Hey man, thanks for being with us. We know it's early in California for you too. Wait, are you at Tito Ortiz's house?
4: No, unfortunately I'm not. His party ended, uh, ended a little while ago. <laughs>
1: You're probably just getting home from that. Neil, anyone who's watched the show either on YouTube or seen it in the UK uh, knows the result of that crazy bubble. They know that we did the sit and go for the guitar, but what we would like to know from you is how did you come to that decision? And now seven months later, would you still make the same decision again?
4: Um, well, the second part first. We would absolutely make the decision again. Um, we I met with Edgar Stuchly, who's the EPT president, and Toby Stone, who's the tournament director for uh, EPT Barcelona, and. Uh, we looked, because there's two conflicting rules, uh, I don't know if you guys have discussed, if, if two people go out on the same table, we always take the higher chip stack for the higher finishing place. If two people go out on different tables, they always split the prize. Uh, it's very rare for those two role, two elimination, types of eliminations to happen at the same time. But
0: they did in this and- occasion
4: exactly multiple times uh, actually <laughs> yes um, so we basically went back to rule number one which is that you always want to rule in the in the best interest of the game and in the uh, most fair way possible so we decided to chop up all of the prizes uh, because it could be unfair if let's say the two people that were on the same table both had massive stacks now one of them is unfortunately eliminated when he could have had the other uh, people that were eliminated on the bubble covered by a significant margin um, or they both could have had super tiny stacks, and now one of them gets advanced uh, to a position that the others should have had. So it's, and we've also talked with all of our tournament directors. I talked with the TDA guys as well, and uh, that was the consensus from everyone um, is uh, that you should just chop the prizes up, and that's the most fair way to deal with it it's easy when you uh, they... talk
0: about prize money though neil because we're talking about like five prize uh, prize spots basically split between five people that's easy to do but you can't split a
4: guitar i mean you can but it's not particularly useful to anyone uh, exactly it, it doesn't play nearly as many songs once you've done that <laughs> um so uh, but i think that actually was a very it was a very unique situation and i really kind of like the solution these guys are all poker players um, to, to play it out for it. Uh, and there was certainly a lot of discussion. Um, you know, Randall Flowers was already going to the Seminoles to play. So there was discussion about, um, you know, doing some kind of equity chop and, and splitting things all around because he was already attending and, uh, he was the only American on the bubble that, uh, would be going back home basically. Um, but I think the sit and go was kind of the fairest way to do it. Let's, uh, let's settle it on the felt as it were. Did anyone who was involved in the sit-and-go think it was not a fair way to do it? Uh, no, it was pretty smooth. Uh, the, um, it, we made it known that you could transfer the seat if you wanted as well because uh, the Seminoles were very interested in having somebody come and play. So and that pretty much smoothed out any objections, knowing that they could turn around and give it to someone else if they didn't want to uh, didn't want to go. And everybody was it's really was a, 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 just a kind of a happy atmosphere. There was a lot of joking. It was really relaxed. It was fun to, to watch take place. Everybody was a really good sport about it. And, you know, you're playing for basically a, a bonus um, of, you know, five grand on top of the on top of the bubble with the potential to basically dip again into a tournament that had over a million dollar first prize the previous year.
1: Well, Neil, it's funny you should mention happy, fun, joking, because that's what we want this show to be about. So we got the boring stuff out of the way, no offense. Uh, And we want to play a little game with you, if that's okay. You down to play a Did did Kitty Quote It?
4: Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Now, I noticed, now, if you watch the show... From the bubble. Kitty Quo was hanging on for Dear Life. We had some tweets from her, some quotes from her. She folded Ace
0: King right and was asking for advice on whether that was the right thing to do. Absolutely.
1: And that got me to looking at Kitty's Twitter timeline, and it is hilarious. It's awesome. It is. So, Neil, I've got five Kitty quotes potentially. You just have to tell me, did Kitty quote it? Okay. Oh God, I think I'm gonna be awful at this, but it's gonna be fun. Here we go. Did Kitty quote it? Number one, flying in one hour, I am already drum in the airport. This is not real. Did Kitty yes, quote did. it? Yes, you, she quoted that. You say yes, that is correct.
0: You're one for one, Neil.
1: Neil, if you, right. get, if you get more than three correct, you win yourself, and everybody loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. I have one personally I will give you. I think we're only budgeted one per show. You can have mine. Question number two, and did Kitty quote it? Good morning. Who will set the clock base on EPT qualify schedule?
4: That sounds like it could be a yes, but I'm going to go no.
1: Neil's going to go no. No is incorrect. Ah. That is a Kitty Quote. Number three, and did Kitty Quote it? Finally, Thing Hangover for All Breakfast Time Survival.
4: Yes, she quoted that.
1: That is... Incorrect. Joe oh. Stapleton wrote that one before the show. Neil, you're one and two. Neil's one my and Joe, two. He's got to, My
4: he's, t-shirt is 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 hanging by a thread. It's in peril. Part. He has got to go.
1: Perfect, perfect here. Number four. Did Kitty co it? Las Vegas to fly. Happy New Year 2015 countdown time. Yes. Yes is unfortunately incorrect. I wrote that one too. Oh, Neil. Neil, you got one oh, more. I didn't
4: get the t-shirt. Just it to save face, so well though. And it's turned horribly wrong.
1: I'm going to give you question number 5 just to save face. Here we go or possibly embarrass you even further. Number 5 and did Kitty quote it? It's always hard to wake up when you finish long night Sunday one.
4: Uh, now I'm afraid to zig-zag. I will say Yes. Yes is correct. All right. Neil
1: Ah, Johnson. Two and three. Got himself.
4: 40%. I'm perfectly comfortable with that.
1: Not bad at all. Neil Johnson, we are always happy with 40% here on this show. That's the Hall of Fame baseball number right there. (laughs) Hey, Neil, have a good time out on the West Coast. Uh, I miss
0: you.
4: I miss you too, Joe. Thanks, guys. See you. It's been a blast.
0: Well, while we're talking Twitter, uh, let's have a look at some of the people who tweeted about the latest EPT show, which you can see at youtube.com/pokerstars. Am I going to want to hear these? Don't worry, I've uh, i filtered out all the stuff about how they hate you. I want you to read some to of. Fired. I want you to read some of the hate ones on the show. Okay, well this week none. Uh, instead, we had big EPT fan James McFall, who thought he was watching EPT live on Channel Four. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit confused, uh, but the sentiment is correct. Would love to play an EPT one day. He says it's his dream, and crucially, hashtag dreams can come true. Yes, they can, James McFall. We refer you to the earlier segment of the show where we talked about those EPT Malta satellites.
1: Not the dream, hopefully, where I was having sex with my friend Greg and Greg had a vagina because I would not like that dream to come true.
0: That was a weird one. That's a nightmare. Uh, Taicho was on the edge of his seat. This tweet says it all. Who will get the guitar?
1: I'm glad someone cares that much. You know who cared about the guitar? Simon Blackman. The guitar. He came to life. If you guys watch the show, the guy doesn't say a word the whole
0: episode. All of a sudden, guitar. Jason Juniper describes it as the weirdest bubble in EPT history. Some fools getting 100K in on marginal hands all for a stupid guitar. Ha ha. I don't think anyone was actually looking to punt off their stack to bubble just so they could win a guitar. I think he
1: oversimplified things a little bit. It reminds me of Chan Master's tweet. Uh, Chan tweeted at me and Channel 4, weirdest bubble ever. Like a snot bubble from your nose? Unpleasant
0: and unnecessary. That's what we have this for, actually. Now, obviously, this show was mainly about the bubble at EPT 100, but some other stuff happened as well. Um, the first show, by the way, in Barcelona, was all about Michael the Grinder Mizraki, and loads of people were very excited about the Grinder's ability to call cards, his ability to predict what will be dealt on the or River.
1: I mean, the guy's an absolute savant. Dig, Grinder. dig, Grinder. Where does that come from, by the way? So, dig, Grinder is this weird thing. The first ever little video series I ever produced was this thing from a Card Player called "The Series," and it was basically like a daily news recap of what happened the day before at the World Series in 2006. And uh, I made the, we made the show very silly, which we got in trouble for. But uh, the one co-host I wasn't allowed to co-host. No one ever thought I would be good on camera. They were like, no, you don't belong on camera. You need to be behind the scenes. And so it was this guy named Scott Hoff, who is still one of my closest friends to this day, and this other guy named Rich Belsky. And Rich, his idea of like, he was like trying to be clever and like have a little personality, but he was just incapable of saying The Grinder normally. And every time he would say it, he'd go, The Grinder. <laughs> and he wasn't like he wasn't doing it like to be a character like I am, he was just that's the only way he knew how to say it. So for years, me and Huff, anytime Grinder came up, like we'd be like, Yeah, so I was at this party last night, like Ivy was there, uh dig And so now <laughs> I'm stuck. Right. Now I'm really happy to be able to to say it that way on television. It's basically one of my jokes, James, that's basically done for an audience of two. For me and Hoff are like literally the only two people that but get it.
0: Here's the great thing about this show. Now you've explained it to the masses. Everyone's going to get it and everyone's going to love it the next time you do it.
1: Yeah, make sure whenever you see Grinder, you say, what's up, de
0: I do love the fact, by the way, that you, you kind of justify recycling jokes as it being a continuous...
1: That's right. There's a difference between reusing a joke and having a running joke. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yes, This is very much a running joke. Talking of jokes, by the way, uh, one of the things we will be doing on the show is occasionally we'll have a segment we'll call Too Hot for TV, where we will let you hear some of the bits and pieces that didn't make the final edit of the show. And some of those elements involve my good friend, Mr. Joe Stapleton. And some of the jokes, some of the remarks which are blatantly unacceptable for UK and international television transmission.
1: (laughs) I like to get a hot laugh. A lot of times I will make a joke in the room that gets cut, and I know it's going to get cut because I'm trying to make everyone laugh. Sometimes jokes get cut that I never in a million years think are going to get cut, and sometimes jokes get through that I'm surprised, and one of those went through this week, actually, on the show that just aired. Now, occasionally I'll make a joke that flies so under the radar no one notices it, and then I feel bad. I'll be like, guys, do you you guys understand that I just basically called him a male prostitute, right? And they'll be like, <laughs> oh, oh no, we can't use that. And I'll feel bad, and I'll catch it because that's the last thing I want is for it to go to air. Yeah. Uh, but but one joke got through uh, on last night's show that I was a little surprised about. And James, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the joke for you. You tell me if you knew what I was saying when this got through because no one even raised an eyebrow. So this is the the initial joke. Now I'm talking. We're talking about Neil Farrell here. Neil. Is a ginger, okay? Neil's got red hair, pale skin. So here's here's my first joke about Neil, which everyone was fine
0: with. Lightman's out. He's queen suited for Neil Farrell. Notice how he's putting those chips out so gingerly. It's a raise to 6,500.
1: Okay, so we got that. That's
0: fine. Gingerly, yes. Gingerly.
1: It's a pun. It's a pun. Right, and so he in the hand, he ends up kind of eating this girl's lunch on the hand, the the Romanian girl, Manalea, I think her name is, and uh, gets her to fold a hand that she probably shouldn't have. And so then I say this. What a dirty, dirty little soulless semi-bluff.
0: Neil Farrell adds 43K to his stack.
1: Now, the reference I'm making there is like from the South Park episode where they do the whole thing about
0: gingers, how they don't have any souls. That's one of your cultural references I actually got. You got that one? I did. Most Most of them just go over my head. And um, do you know what? I've long given up asking. Because I was somewhat surprised that me saying that
1: someone doesn't have a soul, like basically, what's it's like, all borderline racist but it's comment. Not
0: you saying they don't have a soul. It was the characters in South Park saying. They and don't
1: also, have a soul. I was saying that the semi bluff was
0: soulless. Yes. as well. Okay. If you, you you didn't actually go on air and say ginger people don't have souls. That's true. That would have been. But censored. I meant to, and I will the first chance I get. Well, here's a joke that didn't make it, Joe. Um, You obviously do like to construct similes and metaphors, uh, particularly when describing flop texture. And, for example, this flop's drier than the desert, for example. Right, sure. Um, And obviously, having done this job for a number of years, you're kind of running out. So you had to kind of dig deep for a new one, and you decided just to type something into Google and went with the first thing that came up.
1: Yeah, so it was a very very damp, very moist flop texture, and I just wrote... Soggy, if you will. Uh, And I decided... Human. I decided to uh, just type in wetter than... You know this board is wetter than.
0: And what did Google Complete come up with?
1: Well, the first thing that came up was this board. This is wetter than a spastic's chin, and I knew I wasn't going to get away no, with that one. No. Because that's uh, apparently that's a very dirty word in this country. It's not it's, a nice thing to it's say. It's a horrible thing to right. say. Right, and we and I in America that's not really a the spastic's just an adjective in America. It's not anything. So weird. Yeah, but uh, so I knew, but I knew. The first time I tried to say that someone was making crazy bet, I'm, years ago, and I said, oh, this guy's spazzing out right now. You're like, no, 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 you can't say that. So I knew I couldn't use that. But then the second choice down in autocomplete was mm-hmm. wetter than an otter's pocket. And I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> that's adorable. No, a, li- a little otter, like, swimming around, building his dams or whatever they do, eating, eating things with their hands. Like, an otter would have a very
0: wet pocket. He lives underwater. So when Joe delivers this joke, and sometimes you'll deliver a line and you'll be looking for a reaction because you know it's on the edge, Yes, of course. This occasion just delivers it, completely matter of fact. And when the entire room laughs and then says, obviously you have to go back and change that, your reaction is, why? Yeah, why? You obviously never heard of that expression. And it has to be (laughs) explained to Joe that that the otters are not marsupials. They don't have pockets.
1: No, I thought it was like a metaphor for like an, if an otter had a pair of pants on, his pockets would be all wet. Oh, bless you, Joe. You're so innocent. See, I am innocent. That's genuinely what I thought. And I was livid when everyone's like, no, no, no.
0: Turns out it means vagina for anyone out there who didn't know it. It's a metaphor for a vagina. Yeah, I, which... I think that was implicit. I don't think you needed to actually explicitly no, explain No, there's going to be
1: someone out there that didn't know that's like, what? I don't get it. That's why we have the internet. Well, I guess if anyone didn't know it, they probably would have Googled it already. But yeah, so anyway, apparently I'm not allowed to make uh, references to vaginas on the air, which, you know what, has always been one of my biggest problems with the job.
0: (laughs) So the show that just aired... Uh, That's the second episode of Barcelona, EPT 100 main event. As I say, available to watch at youtube.com slash Pokestars, unless you're in the UK, in which case you have to use 4OD. Next week, in the third episode, it's all about the rekindling romance between Mike McDonald and Dominic Panker, because, of course, those guys played heads up for 286 hours at the PCA. Oh, man. Panker denied Timex's second title. They were reunited on the feature table in Barcelona, and things got a little bit special between they, them. They
1: get a little awkward, which most conversations between poker players are, if I'm going to be honest. But uh, what I would like to tell you guys and ask of you guys is if you see anything in the TV show, now it comes out on Tuesday night. If you happen to be in the UK,
0: you watch it on Channel 4, and you have questions about it, fire them at us. Wednesday morning on YouTube, so you've only got to wake up, wait a couple of hours. But absolutely. The hashtag we're using for the show, by the way, is EPT Not Live. So, anything you want to ask about the shows, any comments about the shows, just use that hashtag, and we will address them on next week's episode of the show. Yeah, we make sure we'll make sure that we check social media right
1: before we go on the air. So you got plenty of time. Watch it in the morning, fire it off to us. Now, Joe,
0: I'm very, very excited about what's going to happen in the next. Few yeah, I'm minutes. kind of dreading this. It's competition time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Superfan versus Stapes.
3: One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stakes.
0: Yes, Joseph Stapleton is going to go head-to-head against an EPT Superfan with an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt and a Step C ticket worth 27 euros on the line. Now, normally, We're going to be taking submissions for this competition on Twitter. Again, a reminder, the hashtag, EPTNotLive. But for the first ever edition of this contest, for the first edition of the show, we obviously had to find someone in the audience who we felt deserved the label of superfan. And that man is
3: Rob the Hippie King. Hello, Robert. Hello, guys. And I feel very honoured to be here today, I have to be honest. Is it an honour... Yeah, it's kind of a
0: dubious honour, Rob, because I basically said, Joe, we need someone who's got no life, therefore who will be available at short notice. (laughs) Someone who tweets into the show so much that we blatantly ignore them after a while. (laughs) And your name came up. I wonder why that would be. Um, Not quite sure. I mean, maybe you got me
3: confused with someone else.
1: Rob, in all seriousness, I do want to thank you for how supportive you are of the show. And we might poke fun at you here and there. But uh, it's nice to have someone. Look, some of the super fans, sometimes they turn on you. You know, they're the most sensitive sometimes. Not you, though, buddy. You're always in our corner. We appreciate that. So far.
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Well, crucially, if you win the prize today, I hope that you will stay very much in our corner. So how it's going to work, Rob, is I've got uh, six questions, three rounds. So three questions each. Uh, It's EPT trivia. So it's basically testing your knowledge of the European poker tour, and you are going to go head-to-head against Joe Stapleton. Now, the questions are in a sealed envelope in front of me. We're doing this oscar style Who licked that envelope? It has my saliva on it. Okay, keep it over there. Now, Joe, I want you to testify that you have not seen any of these questions. I have not seen any of these questions. Now, Rob, obviously, you are remote. You're joining us via the miracles of uh, Skype. Therefore, I need you... To pledge, I need you to swear on the bull dome of Lee Jones that you will not use the internet to research any of the answers to the questions.
3: On my honour as a superfan.
0: Okay, I'm going to open the envelope. Oh, I can smell it. And start reading these questions. So, Rob, you're going to get to go first because you are our guest, you are the superfan. The first category, the first subject, is season one. So, category one is season one. Oregano. Of the EPT. Oh, sorry. So, Rob, your question for one point. How many final tables did Alexander Stevich make in season one of the European Poker Tour?
3: Oh, no, you stumped me. Um, I think... It's, I know I, mean, I know you won a title, but I can't remember how many other final tables. I can guess it's three.
1: Three? Is three correct? Or we completely won? Joe, you have a chance to steal for a point. <laughs> Well, the smart money would be right, because I know he made one final table, is to guess one. That would be the smartest thing to do. But I also i am thrown off now by the fact that how many is the question. So I'm going to go with two.
0: Yes! Oh, that is the only question I'm ever going to get. <laughs> Joe Stapleton steals a point from Rob the Hippy King and is 1-0 up. It
3: was amazing to go so deep.
0: And Joe, it's now your question. How many final tables did Ram Vaswani make in season one of the EPT?
3: Four. Ah. Rob, you can steal for a point. Again, no, he got a title for season one, and unfortunately this is back before I was a superfan, so I'm going to have another stab, but this time I'm going to go two.
1: Yep, that's sorry, I hit the wrong button. He got it. <laughs> you, got, but, you got
0: slow-rolled there, Rob. Back before I was born. Yeah, at least it was a good slow-roll. So, you're basically, you're one point each. You got each other's questions right. Okay. Category two, round two, is EPT Live. Now, Rob, mm-hmm. EPT Live launched in Dortmund in 2007. What three languages were available? Two points up for grabs, by the way.
3: Okay. We're going to have to go with English because... English is always going to be there. Uh, I'll say French and Latin Spanish.
0: You only got English and you don't get a point for that because it was too obvious. Joe, can you name either of the other two languages that were available for the first ever EPC Live transmission from Dortmund in 2007? German. And... Russian. Dang it. So Joe gets one point yes! and has a yeah. 2-1 lead. What was the other one? Dutch. Dutch. Right, of course. I have to say, Rob, it was in Dortmund, in Germany. German was obviously
3: going to be one of the languages. I thought, I was uh, trying to throw you a softball there. Yeah, I know. Um, what can I say? Um, my, my super fandom may be in jeopardy today. Your question, Joe. At which EPT event, I want the location
0: mm-hmm. and I want the season or year. So there's two points up for grabs here. Okay. At which EPT event was Russian added as a language? Russian was added in Kiev season six. He was wrong and
3: wrong. Rob, you have a chance to steal. I will take a guess that it was Barcelona season five.
0: You get one point for season five, but it was Dortmund season five that we added Russian. So it's, it's two points apiece. Oh, man. And one round left. EPT TV shows is the category. Rob King, you get to go first. Who were the commentators for EPT4 Copenhagen? This was the final table with Tim Vance singing and talking into his hat. So specifically the TV show from EPT4 Copenhagen with Tim Vance winning the title and being rather annoying. (laughs) Two points up for grabs if you can oh. name both commentators.
3: Um, hmm. I'll give you a clue. Like, You're talking to one of them. Well, that would oh, be easy, come James. on. Jesus. Yeah, that, that is a little bit easy, but I will go James Hartigan. That is uh, correct. Amazingly. And um, the other one, was it? I don't know. I I know it wasn't Joe. I know it wasn't any of the guys from normal stuff. So, Nick Walthall. Joe, you can steal.
0: Daniel Negrano. Unbelievable. We are still tied at three <laughs> points each. <laughs> that was my El Toro celebration. Here we go. Here's a better one. El Final question, Joe. In which season did EPT founder John Duffy make his last appearance as a commentator? And again, two points up for grabs, if you can tell me the season and the actual event. Okay, the season is... Season six. (coughs) The event... Um... Snowfest. (laughs) Shit!
3: Rob King, can you name either the season or the event? Um, I have a feeling it was season eight. Yeah, that was a horrendous one. And I think it was a Doval event. And I've failed miserably. It was EPT5
0: San Remo, but... We are tied. I thought I was ahead. points apiece, which means we go to the tiebreaker round. The tension is almost bearable. Rob. Yes. It's sudden death. So if you can get this question correct, Joe doesn't get another question. Oh.
3: Are you ready? ready. I am ready. Oh, good for you.
0: Who was the first ever Italian winner on the European Poker Tour?
3: Oh, God. You're asking questions all about the beginning when I... When you guys weren't streaming. So. Oh,
1: so much whining here.
0: Is he just super know, fan um... or
3: super whiner?
0: Let me give you a clue. When someone invites well, you onto well, a show well. to okay. talk about EPT trivia, you might
3: want to do your research in advance. Oh, <clears> the depressing saying. thing is I did do my research in advance. <laughs> um, I oh, bum, 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 bum. Has there been an Italian winner? There's been more than one. But who was that... the first? Who was the first? I know it's wrong, but Dario Mineri.
1: Joe, you have a chance to steal. Salvatore Bonavana. Joe Stapleton wins! How is this possible? Hello! I feel bad. This wasn't supposed to happen. This is like when Dan Shack sucked out on Vanessa Selbs. I mean, it's just not really...
0: Well, I tell you what, look, Rob, we can't give you the ticket, but we can give you the exclusive Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt.
3: It will be gratefully received, and now I'm going to go and uh, sit, my, sit, sit in the corner in complete and utter shame while I have been be- if I have been beaten by Jay Stapleton. Um, but I would have to just do some more uh, research next at, time.
0: At least it hasn't been immortalised in a recorded show that's going to live in perpetuity on the internet, though.
1: Dozens of people are going to hear this, and at least three or four of them won't be Poker Stars executives and their families. So, but you still—you're the first officially named Superfan. So, congratulations on that.
3: Oh, I feel honour, yet I also feel shame. But thank you for inviting me. To share with you guys.
0: You're more than welcome, and enjoy wearing the T-shirt. We'll be in touch, ladies and gentlemen. A round of applause once again for Mr. Rob King, the inaugural Superfan who lost. Heads up against Stapes.
1: And that is our show. That's it. We are done. Uh, next time, get in touch with us because we're going to talk Deauville. We're going to have Elkie on the show, so send in your questions for Elkie. Use yeah. that
0: hashtag, EBTNotLive. A couple of things to talk to Elkie about. He went deep in EPT Deauville, so we'll talk to him about that. But also, Elkie is very much part of the new PokerStars Twitch channel, so we definitely want to get Elkie's thoughts on being a, what do they call them? A, a streamer? A caster, I think. A caster. Caster.
1: He's a caster. Uh, And speaking of casting and and team pros, I think we should welcome to the team Mr. Jason Somerville. Brand new team pro here. Also has a Twitch channel. They asked me to record a little welcome for Jason Somerville. And here's a little Easter egg that no one picked up on. Now, there's some funny things in the video that you can hear. uh, But there's also a funny thing that you can see, which you won't be able to see because you didn't watch it. Not one person noticed it. But at the end of the video, when I lean over... To click to click it off, there's a giant black dildo on the couch behind me. <laughs> and not one person. They're all like, oh, great video, Staves, great video. Are you
0: sure that people didn't actually spot it and just think, nah, classic Joe Stapleton? It's
1: entirely possible, but there's always one person being like, what's with the dildo, bro? But anyway, yep, that's uh, that's something for you guys to check out there. If uh, Jason posted the replay of that, go check it out. Welcome to the team,
0: Jason Somerville. And, uh... That's it for today's show. Yeah, don't forget questions for Elkie, and if you want to be an EPT superfan and go against Stapes in an EPT trivia contest, tag your tweets EPT not live.
1: For James Hardigan, this is Joe Stableton saying, smell you later. No, no.